one month away from game one of the Syracuse basketball season. We're here to preview it in the SU football bye week. Gives us a little chance to talk basketball. Who's going to be in the starting lineup? Who's going to be the best newcomer? And what is the ceiling for this team? It's all in Lockdown Syracuse. It's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte and Valentine on your Friday morning episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On. That's two words. And get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Okay, Owen, we're talking SU basketball today in the SU football bye week. Uh, we talked about basketball, I don't know, what is it, a few months back, back on August 16th, I think was the last time we really sat down and talked SU basketball. Uh, so let's do it again as the season is rapidly approaching. Uh, I believe today is Monroe Madness, which uh, is in Rochester, and then a month from today is Game 1 inside the Dome. So very, very exciting. Let's start by talking starting lineups. We talked starting lineups on August 16th, um, and back then there was a little bit more up in the air. While I feel like right now we know a decent amount on at least half of the lineup, um, I think that there will be three freshmen starting. Um, I don't know what you think. I am, am really, really back and forth um, on this, and I, I, I have two guaranteed. My third spot right now, I, I have it written down, is blank. Um, and I'm going okay. to impulse decision this as I get thrown into the mixer today. There's definitely two on my list. There is a chance at a third uh, that can make this starting five, which I think is a nod to this recruiting class that Bayheim has been so high on and talked about. And then I believe you re referred to it as the best class ever. And then they bring in Judah Mintz who is the number one recruit in this class. So an even better class when all is said and done. And I think that they are going to show out in terms of the starting lineup. And if not three starters, I think that third freshman will be the sixth man on this team uh, this season, because that is how talented the class is. And some of the things I'm hearing are, are really, really solid with regards to the capabilities of what this class can bring to the table. And according to 24-7, the 2022 class for Syracuse is ranked 22nd in the nation. So how about that? Uh, sixth in the ACC, though, which I think is just a testament to how good the ACC is as a conference. Uh, Duke, of course, number one. Duke has four five-stars coming in, which seems a little bit unfair. Um, but let's get into the recruiting class a little bit and the starting lineup. Before we do our starting lineups, I will re uh, remind you who's coming in. I was going to uh, say, let's, got, let's start with that. Sure. So Justin Taylor, four-star, uh, small forward, 6'6", 200 pounds from IMG Academy. Uh, maybe him and Jesse Edwards will talk about their glory days in high school. He is probably the poster child of this class. And then alongside him at the four-star, you've got Judah Mintz and Chris Bunch, 
due to the combo guard bunch, another forward. Um, they're both fantastic. Bunch was, I believe, 100 on the ESPN 100 a month or two ago. I haven't checked it recently, but I will in a second. So I don't know where he is right now. I know Judah Mintz is on there, though, and he ranks higher than both Kamari Lands and Dior Johnson, who Syracuse infamously missed out on after thinking that they had them. So they kind of got the last laugh there. And then Malik Brown and Peter Carey are also coming. Three stars. Peter Carey was unranked before he showed up. Uh, but it's 6'11", 190. It looks like he's going to have a little bit of a ways to go before he's ready to play uh, in-game. Malik Brown, 6'9", 210, a guy that's probably more ready to go when he steps on the court in a month. Uh, and then rounding out the class is Quidir Copeland, a guy that J.P. Estrella told us that when he watched practice, he thought was the greatest passer he's ever seen. That's what yeah. he said. That's crazy. Uh, yes. Copeland, a three-star from IMG Academy as well. Um, he's a guy that I think is going to be really, really good and perfect in the zone. He's 6'6". He's got a big wingspan. I think he's going to be awesome for Syracuse. Uh, and then transfer, Munir Hima is also uh, coming to SU from Duquesne. So there's that to look out for, too. Uh, but with all that said, let's get into these lineups. Uh, would you like to begin or would you like me to start? I, I want to start, I think, similarly to how we started the last time we discussed this starting lineup and just knock out the fact that there are pretty much two set-in-stone elements to this lineup in the names and the likes of Joe Girard and Jesse Edwards, who I believe we both agree Joe will play the two and Jesse will play the five. That Jesse yes. discussion, not really a discussion, but Joe, I think we both agree we'll play the two, whether or not. I know we disagreed originally. I'm not sure where we'll land, uh, but we we disagreed on who was playing the one, but we agreed that it would not be Joe. So I think we're going to start with that again. In uh, Joe Girard will be the starting two, and Jesse Edwards will be the starting five. Is agreed. The set in stone elements, and not really something that you need to discuss all too much in this conversation, right? You've got Joe, who presumably can be your leading scorer this year, and it was going to go back to the natural spot at the two, which I'm really excited to see the changes in his game that can arise out of that. And Jesse built so much momentum last year. Realistically, I believe he was the ACC's most improved player before that injury. Uh, and if he can come back and, and play like he was before he went down last season, that puts Syracuse in a really good spot this year. So those two guys are my set in stones. And then I, I go back and forth. I think my next most confident answer is Chris Bunch in terms of a starter. Um, I believe I would have him at the three, but there's a chance that depending on who I answer in my blank spot, he could be a four uh, in my mind, uh, a little bit more of a smaller four, but he could shift to that spot as well. Are you still on the Chris Bunch train in terms of him being a pretty confident starter at this point? It's kind of tough. He's a knockdown shooter. Yeah, um, That's the one thing that you have going with him, and I think he probably is a little bit better than Justin Taylor. Um, I think I will start Chris Bunch. That, that would okay. be who I start. I will say this. I mean, I have gone, especially recently, Justin Taylor – has made quite a push in terms of what we've heard, what I've seen, uh, little things and murmurings that he is is making this a very tough decision and is putting up a case to start 
uh, and, and be in this lineup on day one, which is a nod to what he's done. And I mean, he is, as you said, the poster child of this class and basically was the glue guy that was like, hey, what if we, you know, reached out to so-and-so or what if we tried to bring him in? And, and then this class just continued to expand and become what it ended up being. So he is a guy that I think I want as I would solidify as my sixth man for this season. I think he is going to be making it that difficult of a decision that he's going to get his minutes. He's going to get his run and is very much going to be in the sixth man conversation for me. Yeah. I, uh, so that's bunch for you as six man or Taylor? No, Justin Taylor is a six man. Okay. Okay. So you, so we both have, uh, so that means bunch is starting for you as well. Correct. Okay. So I've got you. We both got Joe. We've both got yep. Chris. We both got Jesse. Correct. Um, point guard spot, like you said, we did disagree last time. And then, like, the next day, Beheim proved me wrong on the radio. Yeah. So, um, I'll go with that now. And I will say Judah Mintz will be the starting point guard. Um, I'm glad that's what I wanted to happen. I just didn't know if Jim was going to be like, I don't like freshmen, blah, blah, blah. Um, because that's happened before. So, uh, I'm happy to say that I, I truly believe that Judah will be the starting point guard, and rightfully so, because I think he arguably is the best. He probably is the best player coming in this class, uh, ranked 33rd by ESPN, 51st by um, 24-7. So he's a really, really good player and a guy that I think is going to make an immediate impact. Um, do you so have him as well, four. I assume? Yes, four for four. Yeah. So for our one, two, three, and five. We're in perfect sync. I, I'm so excited to watch Judah. I, I think his so his ability to finish and create uh, for himself and other people, and just like his his finishing at the rim, is really impressed me from his high school tapes and just his ability to to get open and it, it is shiftiness. It really is like he is just so confident with the ball and his ability to adjust and adapt is really something that I look forward to. And I think he is going to be that perfect candidate to start at the one shift Joe to the two. And then you have Symir to be, you know, that control guy, a little bit more experience in terms of the collegiate level, but has the ball handling skills. Symir is that defensive guy. So I'm not exactly sure on Judah's defensive abilities at this point. I'm sure he's good, but you know, the zone takes a little bit. So Symir is going to be a guy that's rotating in there for sure. And I think that rotation is going to help this offense as a whole and the defense as well. My last spot, this is I, I'm up in the air because I want to stay true to my original lineup, but I, as we were just reviewing it, I was hesitant. Can you go first? I, I need a second. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think if there was anywhere that we were going to disagree, it's here. It is right um, here. Because 100%. It's, it's either are you on the Benny Williams train or not? That is the question when it comes to the four spot, and I'm not. I just don't think that he's going to come in and be a starter. We saw him play really poorly last year. Um, he had few and far between a game where I was like, wow, that kid's going to be something someday. Um, he only scored double-digit points one time, and like I mentioned in that other episode we talked about, uh, it was in the Duke game when they were down huge, and he just had no pressure, and it was the first time where I was like, wow, that kid actually is talented. Um, so I just don't think Benny is going to be ready. I mean, he's just not going to be ready to play uh, minutes like that and have that kind of responsibility on the team. Now, I am saying this having not seen the other guy play, but it's just because I know I don't think 
Benny's ready. And I don't know what Malik Brown looks like. And I, all I've heard is that his floor is really high and that he's going to be able to come and play immediately and that he's got uh, a really good body for, for college basketball and, and he's going to be able to, you know, battle for rebounds and whatnot down low. At 6'9", 210, I have more trust in him than I do uh, in the lanky Benny Williams. So I'm going to go Malik Brown at the four. Um, and that doesn't mean I don't like Benny. I do. I just – he needs to be better. And I think everybody knows that because he came in with so much hype. There were people out there calling him a one-and-done or saying he had the potential to be a one-and-done, and that could not have been further from the truth. So uh, I want Benny to be good. I want him to be a starter one day, but right now it, that's not the case. I, I'm i going to disagree. I wanted you to talk me out of okay. it. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with Benny. I'm going to stay true to my original lineup. Uh, I, I like Benny, and it could be just because he agreed to do an interview with me on my previous podcast, and he was the first recruit we had on. Uh, and so I have a soft spot for him for doing that. It could be that. But I really do think that he is going to have a lot more confidence this year. And that was one of the things that I felt like held him back so much last year is it seemed like he wasn't playing with the confidence. Like if you watch his high school uh, highlight tapes in his high school games, he played with a different level of confidence and spark. And I got this and I'm that guy sort of mentality that he didn't have last year. And I think coming in for year two, after a summer that was pretty good for him, he plays for, you know, the, the U.S. East team for a little bit and, and is playing on there and contributing and learning from new guys, I think he might have that sort of revitalized confidence and energy. Uh, and that's why I'm going to keep him in my starting lineup right now. But I will say, you know, we talk about the Garrett Schrader confidence train. This is a 50% confidence pick. It's not sold right now, but I think I'm leaning. I guess I will shift the beam. So it'll be 55% confidence in this, which will rationalize my decision. Um, so I, I think Benny is going to be my guy at the four right now. The more we see as more footage comes out, as more reports come out, as we get, you know, preseason interviews from everyone and start seeing a lot more press of this team in the coming weeks, maybe that can change. But right now I'm going to stay true to Benny Williams at the four. All right. I respect you doing that. Um, I think you're wrong, but I respect. That's okay. That. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We got to talk about Underdog. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. Uh, you know, you could make a whole bunch of different picks on Underdog. If you want to pick Jordan Travis higher than 260 and a half passing yards, Drake May higher than 265 and a half passing yards, or Grant Wells under 220 and a half passing yards, that's all possible. All right. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team and decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code locked on. That's one word. And underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. All right, we're back. Matt Bonaparte and Valentine with you on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. We're talking Syracuse basketball one month away from the season. All very exciting. Uh, we talked starting lineup. We pretty much agree on everything except for the four spot, but. That'll all, you know, we'll see. Um, 
let's talk newcomers and say and decide who we think the best newcomers are going to be. Um, we, we ran you down the class, 22nd in the nation coming in, 6th in the ACC. Uh, Syracuse has what Jim Beheim is calling his greatest class ever uh, coming in, which I still think is blasphemous. But, hey, you got to get the people riled up somehow. Um, who is your favorite newcomer? Uh, give me, I, give I, me like your favorite guy and then like a, an underdog. Okay, I, I'm going to stay with – because I just kind of hyped him up even though I didn't put him in the lineup. I think Justin Taylor might be my favorite for what he did in terms of this class uh, and, and making the connection to Kadir Copeland and, and the IMG connection there and just sort of continuing to to recruit once he got here. Like that's exactly what you want to see. When you get a guy that commits to you, he committed all in from the get-go. Like it was just everything that you would want someone to do was him. He was like, let's try this. Let's try this. How about so-and-so? I'll call whoever. And he was really that that guy that brought this whole class um, together and kept bringing people in and kept, you know, here, let's try this one more. Let's try one more and just see. And so I'm going to give him that nod. And I have really heard good things about his potential. And I, I think his ability to shoot and score is going to be something that that comes in. I know uh, there was an article today. I forget who wrote it, and I apologize if you're listening to this, and, and I'm not going to give you credit, but I am, but I just don't remember who said it. Um, it. It is funny to see that he is the pretty much exact measurables to Buddy Beheim. Um, I don't think he shoots as well as Buddy Beheim, but I think he's a little more mobile than Beheim was. Uh, so I don't quite think I'm going to say he's going to come in and be Buddy, but I think he has that frame. And when you've got the little bit of, of added mobility, because that is what held Buddy Beheim back, was the inability to move left to right. Uh, and just that pure lack of athleticism. Good basketball player, not an athlete by any means, is Buddy Beheim. Justin Taylor, I think, gives you that little bit more in terms of what he can do. Uh, and so that's sort of where I side on him. I really do think he has the potential to be a sixth man on this team and be that guy that is consistently coming in off the bench and contributing with big minutes, um, especially given the the discussion we've had about Benny Williams and who might be starting at the four. If it is Benny, if it is Malik Brown, and, and then maybe you shift uh, Chris Bunch down to the four for a little bit and have Taylor run in the three. So that would be something that that could be in this conversation as well. I do think you can't convince me that Judah Mintz is not going to be the best player in this class. Um, but I do think that Justin Taylor is sort of my, I don't know if I can qualify him as a sleeper pick, but my non-day one starter. The in theory. Yeah, my non-day one starter that I think is going to end up being a really, really good player. And he's already got, you know, my heart and I'm sure a lot of fans' hearts uh, because of what he did in terms of continuing to expand this recruiting class. Yeah, Justin's a good pick. Um, for me, I like Judah. I uh, like everybody else does, like you do as well. I mean, I just think he's going to come in and make such an impact right away, and Syracuse is going to have a, a real point guard that can score. Uh, Joe has had his games, but he's not a point guard, and everybody knows that. Um, so I'm excited for Syracuse to have a real guard that they can put at the one confidently. He can score, shoot mid-range, assist, do whatever he needs to do, and really space the floor and play well. Um, I'm excited for that, but I think I'm more excited for Quadir Copeland. Even before the J.P. Estrella comment about his passing, I have been so high on this guy. I love Quadir Copeland. I think he's going to be awesome. 
Um, and I think I'm probably the leader of his fan club right now. Um, I mean, he's the perfect zone guard. He's six six at guard. He's Michael Carter Williams. Like, I'm so excited to see him play. Uh, and I really, really hope that uh, he's as good as I think he's going to be. So he's my little sleeper pick. Uh, do you have anything else before we move on? I'm good. We can take a jump forward. I will just say, while you were talking, I went and I keep returning to this Bayheim best class ever. Um, and I know this is my lifetime recency bias. Maybe there are older classes, but I, I do need to give a class of 2007, not the graduating class, but the 2007 recruiting class was nuts. Two five stars and Johnny Flynn and Dante Green. Yeah. Got Scoop Jardine and Rick Jack as four stars. And one of my personal favorites, just because of how fun his name was to play or say. And then I believe he had a Duncan transition where he held onto the rim too long and I thought he might have died. But Christoph Ajanat uh, was one of my favorite players just because that moment is ingrained in my memory. Uh, but that class, come on. This is a very good class this year. But in terms of my legible classes that I watched play, 2007 is where my mind goes, but that is all I have to say. I'm good to move on after that comment. 2010 class was elite as well. Fab Mello, Dion Waiters, CJ Fair, Bayamusakita. They they had a great class. Um, okay, let's move also on. Also has a case for sure. Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk ceiling for this team. That's been a question we've gotten. We got in the mailbag episode the other day. Uh, I want to elaborate a little bit on it. Um, I think that people are either really high on this team or really low on this team, which is kind of, you know, understandable because you don't really know what it's going to look like. This is the first time in a long time that Bayheim is going to have to uh, rely on freshmen. And I don't think he's going to want to do that, but he has to because they just don't have enough solid players. Um, so it's going to be a weird year. And honestly, I can see it going either way. I could see them being worse than last year's team. And I could see them being better than last year's team. Um, but it's it, the one thing I can guarantee is that they're going to be more athletic than last year's team because last year's team, Buddy wasn't athletic. Jimmy wasn't athletic. Cole Swider can barely move. This year, they have guys coming in uh, where you're going to be watching it and going, wow, this is Syracuse basketball. I don't know if it's going to be pretty all the time, but I think that they're going to have flashes where you know in the future that this team is going to be really, really good. Um, where do you see the ceiling going? I, I told you, I believe I mentioned this the last time we talked about this in our mailbag episode, but I really do think that this Syracuse team becomes a ranked team heading into ACC play. I think the non-conference schedule, I think who they bring in uh, and who they bring back really will permit this team to enter ACC play as a ranked team. Uh, and I think they're going to be I don't know if they're going to be a top 15, top 10 team by any means, but I really do think that this team has the capabilities to be a top 25 team and just be in and out of the top 25 uh, through the second half of the year if they can get some ACC wins. I really do think that that is the type of team that this can be. In terms of ceiling, I'll stand by it. This is a team that can make a tournament run. I don't think this is a team that can win a national championship, but I think this is a team that can make a run in the tournament and not just the 11 seed upset, upset, upset. Like they can come in as a top, I don't know, five seed and, and win some games that they're, or win a game that they're supposed to 
and then win a game that is, yes, technically an upset by seeding, but not necessarily an upset in that this is a team that's 25 spots higher than Syracuse is. Uh, this is a team that I do see as having that ability. Is there a world where, you know, these guys don't pan out and the returners aren't what we exactly thought they are going to be and the jumps that we might have thought some people will make? Yes. Uh, and they're going to be an NIT team. That is, I can hear that argument. I don't think that's the case with this team. My ceiling, I said it in the last episode, I'll stand true to it, is the Elite Eight. Uh, my floor is the NIT. They're playing in a tournament this year. Uh, and my floor, like I really, I'm bringing my floor up. I'm going to say my floor is an 11 seed. What? I think they are, a t- yeah, I'm going to say that. I am that confident in this team. That's crazy. I, I really do think that wow. this team is an NCAA tournament team without question in my mind. So I will say floor is a 10 or 11 seed bubble team that makes the tournament. And my ceiling is an elite eight spot. That is a pretty narrow range out of me. So <laughs> applaud when it happens in three or four or five months, be, whatever it is. I would be very impressed if that happened. Um, you're really confident for a guy who hasn't seen any of these players play. Um, so. I look, Blind confidence, <laughs> belief without evidence. Quote Dino Babers. It's true. Um, look, I mean, look what that got him. He's five and zero. Oh. Uh, I think my, uh, I mean, wow, you've blown me away with that. Um, my that my floor effect. is going to be uh, closer to where your first one was. I think they're they're at least an NIT team. Um, All right. Could they go on uh, under five hundred? Yeah, I don't think they will. I mean. But no, I don't think so. Um, I think they're going to be fine. I don't think they're going to be crazy good, but they could. That that so my ceiling's in the same spot because I think they could be that good. But that would be crazy. That would be like a an insane Syracuse Renaissance. Um, so my floor is the NIT. My ceiling's the same place as yours. Um, wow. Well, we just got a crazy uh, quote out of Owen Valentine. Maybe we'll have to clip that, put it on Twitter so people can react to it. Apparently, I've been I've been doing that this week. Yeah? Yeah, it's true. The Dino yeah. thing and now this. I, I'm excited for the people to, to react to this as well. All right. Well, uh, that's all the time we have on Lockdown Syracuse today. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. Uh, we will see you on Monday without a football game to recap. So. We'll see what we talk about then. Peace.